Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Slow balls fall. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Count with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday out there to everybody. Thank you for joining Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. We're glad to have you along. And for the next hour, we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff. We have got some high school uh, football, high school fall baseball, and softball regional stuff uh, to announce. Is that all that came out yesterday and maybe even this morning, maybe yesterday afternoon? Last time I looked for fast pitch, it was like two, and it wasn't there yet. 4A. But it's there. No, no, no. A and B. I must have, I may have just been a little bit early with fast pitch softball. I oh, know I fo- found that. The A and B? Mm-hmm. Fast pitch regional? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found them. Yeah. I must have just looked too early. Okay. But Before, did you find them now? I found them okay. today. They're okay. They're there. Oh, they're definitely there today. Okay. I'm just saying the, the last time I looked for them yesterday – Whatever time that was, sure. they weren't there yet. Okay. Yeah, I don't know when I looked. But they are there now, oh, as is the fall baseball. Uh, so we'll hit that. Oklahomans coming out with their top ten games of the week. And uh, not uh, surprised to absolutely nobody, uh, Elk City and Clinton is on that list. We'll tell you where that's at. Uh, and by the way, a uh, programming note coming up on Friday. We're going to have a busy Friday, Jared. So you better get everything out that you want to say about whatever it is before Friday. Because of course it'll be a Garrison Financial Friday, but it'll also be Will he finally be gracing us? I think with he's his going presence? to. I think he's gonna be here. Okay, good. And we'll also have longtime voice of the Clinton Red Tornadoes, Mr. Dennis Smith. Fantastic. Uh, will be joining us about nine thirty on Friday. So we're gonna have a busy, busy Friday uh, coming up. So we'll we'll tell you where that game is, some others from around the state. Uh, college football, the final rehashing of what happened in Norman. Uh, look ahead to Oklahoma State and Baylor, one of the bigger games across the country. Uh, this week, Oklahoma and TCU uh, will tell you who our uh, college football top 10 is. Uh, and then to start the show, what happened last night with the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football, the NFL weekend as a whole, uh, and just give kind of some thoughts about uh, NFL football and where it's at through three weeks. Uh, my fantasy team, you know, it was an interesting thing that I'll tell you about with my fantasy team last night. Mm. Um, with the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants playing each other on Monday Night Football. So that's sort of where we're at, what we've got planned. Feel free to chime in. 225-9698 is that phone or that text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area uh, one of these days and you need to get get your, your skinny on sports fix, Log on to KADSAM.com. You can live stream us that way, or you can download the Paragon app. It's free, and it's awesome. It's got all three radio stations. It has the Penny News, and a brand-new edition of the Penny News will hit the website tonight at midnight, thepennynews.com. So you can check that out there. Also, we've got Big Elk TV and Paragon TV will be full of high school football coming up. Uh, on Friday night, and then the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you happen to miss a show entirely, you can go back and check it out at uh, kadsam.com or iTunes. And if you go the iTunes route, you can hit the uh, subscribe button, and then you are alerted each and every day when that new podcast drops. Hello, Jared. How are you this morning? I'm good. I need you to do me a favor. I know you need a little time to uh, – I think you've got some – Maybe some uh, kudos or some uh, some birthday wishes yeah. that you probably yeah. need to let go. I need a I need the uh, birthday song ready oh, to go. Oh, hang on, hang on a second. Okay, yeah. I, so, yes, I should is. have known. I should have already had no, this queued fine. up, ready to go. I should have had this. You're okay. It's my fault. Completely my fault. But well, I'm running out of fingers. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. My kid, my oldest, Katie, is nine today. Nine years old. I'm running out of fingers to show how how old she is. She she can't wait to get to ten. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it a ten. Yeah. (laughs) She's nine and uh, very proud of her. So happy birthday to my oldest, Katie. Happy birthday to you. Awesome. Nine years old. Probably seems like just the other day she was a little bitty baby. I'm telling you, I, it does. Where did those nine years go? And yeah. I love her because, uh, well, for very many reasons, obviously, but we ask her, okay, your you birthday. Rank the, you want to rank the top five? The top five reasons why, why you I love her? her. Yeah. Well, number one, she's my daughter. Number two, she's my daughter. Number three, <laughs> she's my daughter. There's many reasons. Like, we don't have enough time. But she, we always do this. So where do you want to go eat? your oh. birthday where do you want to go and she always picks the barbecue place here in town rib crib really she always she loves ribs oh I, I mean listen ribs listen call ahead mm. because why i went there last night were they out of ribs were they, they just, were they're just crib they were so you might oh no you that would might be want to call ahead. I just need a couple bones of ribs for. You might want to find that out. Oh boy, hope not. I'm just well, maybe we'll have a birthday miracle if not. But she's such a good kid because stuff like that wouldn't get her down. She'll go okay, whatever. I'll have a hamburger, or she'll just move on. See, I I would think children of a it, some probably do and some probably don't. But like, I would think kids. You know, you, you see the videos all the time. Of going to uh, one of the, a matter of fact, I think we can say that, can't we? Maybe not on this show, but as far as uh, go, if, if it's your birthday on Friday, mm-hmm. go down to Pedro's and watch the games. Yeah, Pedro's is the official watch party headquarters uh, of cool. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV. And if it's your birthday, you know what's cool? What's that? They bring out that giant yes. sombrero and put it on your head. Yeah, then they smash the uh, whipped cream in your face. Yeah, it's all kinds of fun. <laughs> so fun. That's fun. That's right. I forgot that that kind of went down yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was more Friday. Awesome. When that became official. But yeah. Awesome. They got all the TVs. I was actually there for lunch on Sunday after church. I think I mentioned that yesterday. Uh, but plenty of space, plenty of TVs, plenty of awesome room in there. Great. Uh, to check out Big Elk TV and Paragon TV down That's there. Great. And if it's your birthday, you can get the big sombrero on your head. I love it. You know, some kids probably like that. Some kids will probably be mortified if that happened. Uh-huh. Just depends on the, yeah, the personality. I've, I've a lot seen of times. it happen to a kid I know who, who's a great kid, but man, he is ornery. He's a younger guy, maybe five or six, maybe five. He turned five when this happened. Oh, the look on his face. Oh, he was mad. Yeah. He was. He didn't want the hat. He didn't want any kind of wreck. He just didn't want it. And they came out, sang him happy birthday, and oh, he was mad. And we got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of an all or nothing thing uh, when, when when you got children there. One of our loyal listeners probably knows who I'm talking. It's his son. He'll probably text me here in a little bit. All right. So let's look back at last night, the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. The first half of this game was headed toward the uh, toilet bowl, just like Sunday Night Football between the Broncos and the 49ers. Horrible offense, inept. Uh, C.D. Lamb continued his recent rash, or or really NFL rash, of drops uh, on that long post pattern that uh, looked like it could have gone for a touchdown at very, very, very worst. The Cowboys would have had... First and 10 inside like the 15, and that's if he doesn't make one guy miss uh, who he probably had a pretty good chance of making miss and, and scoring a touchdown. Um, and it was just a defensive battle. Then all of a sudden the Giants come out. They scored 10 points right off the bat in the third quarter, and I'm kind of thinking, uh-oh, as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, man, this isn't going good. And then that drive right back down the field, man, to tie the game uh, for Dallas, Zeke Elliott, um, into the end zone from one yard out. And it seemed to kind of settle things down. And then Dallas scores 10 points in the fourth quarter. The Giants kick a field goal to make it a one-score game. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys and, and C.D. Lamb got some a uh, little bit of vindication later on uh, with an awesome one-handed catch on the fade route to, to go with a go-ahead touchdown. And the Cowboys just find a way to win 23-16. to Cooper Rush now 3-0 and as a starter. Here's what I want to see, Jared. I want to see 
when Dak Prescott comes back, the offensive philosophy uh, philosophy remain the same as it is right now, which is run the football. They were fantastic running it last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pollard, 13 carries, 105. What's at 8.1 a clip. Uh, Elliott, 15 for 73. That's just a, a hair under five yards a carry. Take the pressure off the quarterback to make all the plays. And, and, and by the way, give some credit to that offensive line who was completely trashed after after week one and Dak getting hurt. Mm-hmm. They've come back the last couple of weeks, done a good enough job. They were really good in the run game last night, didn't allow a sack of Cooper Rush. So I love the philosophy that Dallas goes with with Rush. Let's just see, you know, Prescott maybe, I heard Lisa Salter say maybe next week against the Commanders. If not, uh, you know, he, it's, it's nearing yeah. him getting back. But even when he does come back, I want to see mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys play offense in the same manner that they are doing it right now with Cooper Rush. Yeah, a lot of notes that I took last night and, and this morning and, and kind of piggybacking what you said. Uh, I'll start with the run game. Zeke looks like he's accepted his role as the thunder to Pollard's lightning. You know, get, if it's going up the middle, give it to Zeke. He doesn't look out of shape. He looks like a bowling ball. And in those numbers, you you know, he's not I, – I, I cannot recall. Is he doing the eat thing, feed yeah. me thing? I mean, it looks like he's kind of like matured a little bit and accepted his role in this offense. Pollard, he, he's sensational when he gets outside and, and if he can get outside without them holding. And the offensive line, I it looks like they've settled in. It looks like Tyler Smith has settled in. He's becoming effective. That looks like a really good pick early. And – are we gonna are we gonna discuss the is rush better than Dak question or or is it just because of how they're setting him up how this offense works for that particular quarterback? But I agree with you. Why change it if number four comes back taking snaps? Because it looked like rush to set up the pass, running to I say rush, run to set up the pass, and it settles Cooper Rush down. He can make some good throws. He's found his guy in, um, help me, uh, is it Brooks? What's his name? Noah Brown. Brown, thank you. Noah Brown. And then when CD's catching it, the, the offense is is dang near unstoppable. Um, there's going to be a lot of questions if Dak can go next week and if it looks lackadaisical like it did in week one. And you would hope that, um, that uh, Kellen Moore does not change his offensive philosophy just because it's QB1 returning to take snaps you would hope so and how about that defense well I thought that, I mean, that's the whole point of playing offense the way that they did last night you you, you don't maybe trust your your backup as much as you do your starter mm-hmm. or he does he has some physical limitations versus what Dak can actually do from from that standpoint but your defense is the calling card of this team mm-hmm. and so why would you put it in bad situations by trying to throw it all over the lot, run the football, yeah. use your defense as a strength instead of trying to kind of keep you, uh, like erase mistakes. And yeah, that defensive line is frightening when they get it going. Hello, Dem- Demarcus Lawrence, a-, a guy that's been really kind of maligned since he signed that huge contract, and and a lot of it wasn't his fault. He, he went from uh, being able to kind of play in-, in in space to getting double and triple teamed. Well, guess what? Now that Micah Parsons is there, now you see a little bit of push from up the middle, and uh, Demarcus Lawrence isn't chipped and double teamed on every play. Oh, holy hell, he had three sacks! Shocking, <laughs> you know. What I mean, yeah. He, he just Demarcus Lawrence is one of those guys that's taken a whole bunch of crap for not a bunch of reason. He's still been a really good player. It's just when you, when you get that attention, it's hard to put up the numbers. That doesn't mean you're not affecting the game in, in a lot of the same ways you were, but you don't put up the numbers because the, the offense schemes to take you out. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs. For the first time in their careers, they got schemed to be taken out of the game. And guess what? They got taken out of the game. They're going to have to figure that out. We'll talk about that later. But, now, you know, that, that defensive line, I think the secondary is actually better than maybe people thought it might be. If that makes sense, I mean the secondary looks like it can hold up. 
um, you know, Diggs still got Diggs back there. Is back there, and you know, he made a, an unbelievable catch last night on that interception. Yeah, what was more impressive? That was CD's wild. Catch or his catch? Oh, uh, for sure, t- Trayvon Diggs to be <laughs> able to get that hand underneath it, and then when it popped up, the ball never moved. I mean, it, to, to bring it, yeah. When that's, it happened, I was just like, just instinct. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he, know, I mean, he was celebrating. I thought, oh, why are you doing this? It's coming back. I was afraid not so much it touched the ground the first time, but when he rolled, right. I thought the ball tipped or grazed the ground. Well, because you could that see. That was my concern. Well, when it happened, you could you could see the the little black things fly up like the ball hit the ground. Mm-hmm. What you didn't realize was his hand was underneath it the his whole time. His hand was underneath it. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, Dallas's defense is up there with some of the better ones in the, in the league. I, I can't wait to see what happens offensively when Dak gets back. Uh, Michael Gallup, when he can come back, just to give another weapon on the outside to to complement the run game. But uh, Dallas last night, I think, 127 rushing yards in the first half. That was the most since 2017 against the Rams. That is the secret to the success of the Cowboys. Run the football, play defense, and mix in some throw game once you get the run established. It's not going to be basic, but it it works. It does, and it's not going to be that easy every time. You know, some defenses are better than others, uh, but at least for for one week, or actually for two, really, you see the formula with or without Dak. In my opinion, for the Dallas Cowboys to win games, if they have success this year, who hires away Kellen Moore and also who signs Cooper Rush? It's you see you see where I'm going with this. Feels like those two together. Obviously, I know it's really early, just two games, a small sample size, but I could see somebody going. Hire that kid and sign that guy. Yeah, I mean, who cares? I mean, whoever wants to. Here's the deal. Uh, when we go around the league Tennessee. here, you know what's bad? It, quarterback play is so bad mm-hmm. in a majority of the places around this league. And it, it gets masked when there's like two good ones playing and you can actually watch that game. And when there's a good one and a bad one, and you can watch that game, but on these last night to start, and then on on Sunday night football, when you when you have when you're forced to watch it because it's the only game in town, you realize, man, quarterback play is bad in a lot of places. And we saw that early last night. I actually thought Daniel Jones was a pretty commendable effort, considering how many times he was getting hurried and hit and sacked. Uh, Cooper Rush was fine, but it's just it's funny because it, this this is supposedly a quarterback's league, right? Right. But with the the aging of Rodgers and Brady, I mean that game was brutal Saturday afternoon. It, it wasn't your it wasn't your grandma or Sunday afternoon. It wasn't your grandma's Brady versus Rodgers from ten years ago. <laughs> they look like a couple old dudes out there trying to play football, right? And then, the, you know, there's just a whole bunch of bad quarterback games. And it's one thing when it's, you know, at noon on Sunday, and so you don't have to watch Baker and Jameis just suck <laughs> up and down the field. But when it happens on, on one of those primetime games, you, you start to look around and realize, you know what? There's not very many good quarterbacks yeah. in this you, league. Usually when these games are picked, these Sunday night, Monday night games, Thursday night games, it's be, it starts with – Ooh, that quarterback versus that quarterback could you know that's what the TV guys are thinking and and you're right it's it's kind of it's time it's again I know it's early but Tom Brady looks like okay maybe you shouldn't come back uh, you know he looks like he's thinking I shouldn't have come back yeah with the offensive line injuries that he's got and injuries all through his his receiving core on Sunday my gosh the top three or four out. You know, he's, he's got dudes, Cole Beasley, I don't even know if he's ever thrown him a pass, and he was in there trying to make plays with a depleted offensive line. I mean, Brady, <laughs> I mean, he looks like – I should have listened to Giselle. Oh, well. That's what he he looks he, like. You know what? I don't know if he's – I don't know if they're talking very much anymore. Well, right? <laughs> I'm going to get beat up, and I'm going to lose my smoking hot billionaire or millionaire, multi-millionaire wife because I wanted to come back and play football one more time for this – like I wasn't sure that after the one sack there toward the end, where he's a, he wasn't just going to walk through the tunnel and just like see you bye. Just start. I'm done with this. Just start taking off the gear. I am 40. Like like it's like man Antonio I'm, Brown. You're going to pull it, Antonio <laughs> Brown. Maybe not as emphatic as he did it, but just walk off, toss some kid the jersey. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> like me and Joe Green. Yeah, I, he just doesn't. Yeah, and say. and it'll help when you get Williams and Art Williams, uh, Evans and. Uh, and Godwin, 
and those guys back. And, and of course, the I I feel like about week twelve, you'll you'll big old, old Jr. will come back and go, by God, that's Gronk's music because he's going to come back for the you know at the end of the year and play. Uh, but right now, uh, Tom Brady doesn't look like he's having any fun whatsoever. Nope. Which team is more surprising to you at three and zero, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Miami Dolphins? Uh, for me, because you kind of had me drinking that Dolphin Kool-Aid at the beginning of the year, so I would say Philadelphia. Because there are still, I know there are still questions about Tua, and, and can he be an NFL quarterback? But there, let's be honest, there was questions about Jalen Hurts too, and he looks phenomenal here in this early part of the season. Um, so yeah, I would I would go with them. I'm gonna go Dolphins just because of who they had to play. Yeah. You know, when you when you look at the Eagles, uh, they got to play the Commanders, they got to play the Vikings, and they got to play the Lions. Yeah, you should very least be two and one. If, yeah, if you're any good at all, and and a lot of people, myself included, had Philly pegged as the NFC East division winner because of that crazy stat in the East going back to 2004 that a team hasn't hasn't been able to repeat. And Dallas won it last year, so you start looking around like, okay, who's next? Who's equipped? Well, it's clearly not Washington, and it's probably not the Giants. So that left kind of Philly. So, and then you look and you're like, man, they start out pretty. It's a pretty easy start to the schedule. Um, but you know, I think it's interesting that there's only two left. I, I know, and that you know, I wrote this down. How crazy is it that uh, the amount of close games we've had in these first three weeks, these one-score games. I think that it was mentioned last night there's a record for that, like 18 one-score games um, through the first three weeks, which is a record. And, and, and now is that – I love it. I, me personally, I love it because it makes every game entertaining, whether it be a, because it's two bad quarterbacks or because of two really good defenses but or really good offenses just, just throwing haymakers at each other. What do you think? Do you? I love it. I think that it just adds more intrigue and, and maybe even some parity to the entire league. Oh, I think it's the NFL. It's built to do this. The, the whole structure of the thing is built to do this. There were 11 this week. I'm afraid your 18 number is a little light. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, 11, 11 one-score games just this week. Just this week. And, you know, you get – that's the thing about the NFL. It's – they know – you know when you start watching an NFL game, you have to invest three hours. Right. But you know you don't have to invest four because it's not going to go that long. It's three hours to 3.15 and boom, you're done. Just be, uh, the, the way the clock rules are, the way it, it, it speeds. I mean, it's so much it, It's so much more convenient to watch on Sunday than it is on On Saturday, you have no idea whether or not you're in for a four-and-a-half-hour slugfest of stoppages and incomplete you know what i mean yeah and especially if you're at the game they feel a lot longer when you're at the game and you're watching that guy stand out there and wait with with his hand yeah i mean let's go yeah and it's not like the nfl doesn't have a whole bunch of commercials but it's just it's so much tighter Uh, but but all the rules are set up for this to happen i mean from from the way the draft works from the way the scheduling works it's all set up for uh, for parody mm-hmm and they, they they get it right. <laughs> they just they get that part of it right. There's no doubt about that. Um, who has been the biggest disappointment so far in your mind? Tennessee, for me. I don't know why I'm saying that because I kind of felt like they would be at the beginning of the year. But you mentioned quarterback play; they're horrible. Um, they barely squeaked by. I I don't think is a good Raiders team. One and two. I don't. I just thought they'd be better than what they are. Uh, so that's that's my answer, Tennessee. I thought they – well, I'm talking out both sides of my face. I I had the, a feeling that, the, that potentially they could be bad or, or a letdown or disappointing, and I hate to say that I'm right. I think the coach is gone by the end of the year, if not before. Uh, they're going to have to do something about their quarterback situation. Um, it's just – what was the expectations for them just a short couple years ago? It just feels like they've just dropped off the side of a mountain. And I thought maybe, just maybe there might be an outside chance, but I, I had to go with them. Tennessee is a 
disappointing team for me. Yeah, what's crazy is they still have a great chance to win that division because that division has struggled to start. You know, they're, they're yeah one and two. They're a game back of Jacksonville. AFC South might actually be worse than the NFC East. Uh, maybe I don't know. If Indy's, Philly and Cowboys keep winning, Indy's probably still pretty good. They just they finally got to play a home game, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go with it's the e. I think the easy answer is the Raiders, just because they're the only 0 and 3 team coming off playing in the playoffs a year ago. I'm actually going to go with Arizona because of how they've looked. Arizona should be the one that's 0 and 3, and the Raiders should be at least 1 and 2 with that crazy comeback that Kyler put on. But Kingsbury looks lost. Kyler's offense looks lost. I don't know if they're just trying to figure out a way to weather this storm for three more weeks before Hopkins gets back. If you look at Murray's record with Hopkins and without him, it is drastically different. And so maybe if they can just find a way to kind of be three and three or at worst two and four, then you get uh, get Hopkins back and maybe things take off. And quite frankly, with the schedule they've got, Three and three should be absolutely the worst that they are because they go to Carolina uh, in a battle of former OU quarterbacks that have struggled to start. Then the Eagles, that's going to be a tough one, but it isn't home. And then at Seattle, I mean, those are games that they should win two of those three if they're any good at all. And then all of a sudden you get Hopkins back and uh, maybe you can start to make a run to where you thought you'd be. But at least so far to me with the expectations, I mean, people are picking them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with Arizona. Uh, surprise, is it Philly? Is it Jacksonville? Somebody else? Probably Philly. It's not a surprise that they're three and zero, but how it's surprised how good, how they've, good looked. they've looked. So yeah. I'll go with Philly being a surprise team. I, I think that's. I think people had them as a playoff team, but just because they somebody had to win the East, right? And through three weeks, they've been by far the best looking NFC team to this point. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Now. They have played who they played, and we'll see what happens once the, the schedule gets a little bit different. But to this point, I, I 100% agree. Uh, the Bengals here on the text line, yeah, they've been disappointing. There's no doubt about that, but especially because of why. When you went out and you thought you fixed the biggest problem you had on the offensive line, and then Joe Burrow looks like a ragdoll being thrown around down in Dallas. So have you really fixed it uh, to be able to – to help your franchise quarterback. Uh, another one, Denver. Yeah, Denver just – they squeaked that one out the other night. But, boy, that offense. Hey, did you hear Eli last night? Mm, um, Should have paid the punter more. <laughs> Should have paid the punter of the 235 yeah. set of Russell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a pretty good that's shot. a zinger right there. And, by the way, there is zero doubt, in my mind at least. I, I, want, the, I want Manning cast on every football game I watch. It's good. I love it. Uh, I love to just – and – I know we were eating. I saw Tracy Morgan as a guest, but <laughs> wasn't it nice for the fourth quarter to not have a vodka swirling, Shannon Sharp interrupting the conversation between Eli and Peyton? Yeah. And, and poor Peyton. And, and you know, a side note, locally, poor uh, poor Sterling Sharp. Or Sterling Shepard. Shepard, I mean. yes. Yeah. That looked, that, um, what did they say what that was? They said a serious left knee injury. Serious knee. injury. Yeah. Knee. So that I mean, he just can't avoid the injuries. Yeah, he's been pretty snake bit lately. Uh, there's no doubt about mm. that. So uh, a tough break wonder, there. Makes you wonder, hang if that isn't or, it, yeah. yeah, could very, very well be it. Yeah, that's, I hate to see that. Anyway. And I thought it was kind of a – I mean, it wasn't cool. The injury wasn't cool. But as soon as they showed – who did you see standing right there next to him? Yeah, CD was CD. there immediately. Yeah. yeah. By the way, where's CD keep his phone? I don't know. He immediately popped it out. Was Facetime is that, with somebody. Is, or, is that why he's dropping passes? Because he's got his phone in his hand and he's just hitting off. Yeah, I don't know. Does he have, look like he was giving an interview? Or I don't know. I was wondering if he wasn't calling Sterling. I, I kid you not. That's the first thing that popped in my mind. True. But anyhow, we will be back right here on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide 
care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. I mentioned it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney Skinner down there at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, right here in Elk City. Paul Jones is the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. They also offer free delivery, drive through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations. Can we take that one off yet? Oh, flu vaccine. I mean, oh, yeah, flu, flu shots. Flu, flu it is shots. flu season. It's I just coming. did a story. They're having a drive through Anyways, okay. it's, it's so a, we there is flu. It is flu season, which has always been a thing. Don't forget about that. When you get your flu shot. It's, about an ex- it's funny how that went away for two years. I know. Anyhow. Well, not for us and our family. We always got flu shots every year. I don't want the flu. I just meant the flu itself. I know, I know. Huh. I know what you're saying. Long-term care unit packaging as well. They call those blister packs. Uh, Paul Jones Drug, as I mentioned, 809 North Main Street. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust right here in the Elk City area. Give me a call, 580-225-2121. I can answer all your questions. All right, Jared, so we've, we're another 24 hours removed from the Oklahoma loss to TCU. Have you had any new epiphanies as to what happened or uh, what needs to happen moving forward for the Sooners to avoid such a fate? Yeah, just play better defense. The offense scored enough points. I've, I've said that year after year. When In losses, you'll see they lose like 40-something to 30-something, 20-something. to I mean, just play better defense. Defense was I – mean, I know you, you – have a big theory why and and i agree with it and because uh after the game thinking about you never heard grimes name you i think downs maybe had a tackle a tackle one hundred and sixteen snaps between the two of them and they had one tackle see that's got to change you got to be better they got to play better defense and it just felt like every time martinez bought himself enough time and threw it downfield catch was made and just looked like old times there's nobody within five yards of a wide receiver how how nervous does it make you because Max Duggan is more elusive than Adrian Martinez? He's oh, I'll faster. Right now I'm picking TCU. Oh wow! So not because if you thought that Kansas State def- or offense was good, TCU scored a whole. There's a more lot points. of people who picked this game before the season even started. This is where the landmine was for OU. Yeah, and that and never they, works. Yeah, I know, but th- this is a better offense in Kansas State. It's going to be a lot – well, at least going into it, it's going to be a lot tougher challenge on paper because, uh, you're right, TCU's firing points on the board uh, behind Sonny Dykes, who is one of the better offensive coaches in the country. Now here, I will say this. This is one of those spots where normally in the past, Oklahoma came back and played really, really well. We'll see if BV and – and that staff up there has the same thing going uh, with those bounce-back wins after losses. Uh, but it's going to be a tough task. An even tougher task, I think, is down in Waco. For Oklahoma State traveling to play the Baylor Bears, Baylor actually showed me something that I wasn't sure that they had last week in that win up at Iowa State, 31-24. to um, It was like a totally different game. They they actually trusted Blake Shapin to throw the football, which they clearly didn't in the second half against BYU. I don't understand what happened there. Uh, But Shapin was great, 19 of 26, 238 through three touchdowns. Uh, They were able to run the ball with the freshman Reese uh, with 78 yards and a touchdown. Not great, but just enough to kind of uh, keep Iowa State's defense honest. And then on the other side, picked off Hunter Deckers twice. And, And there's one thing that you know you have to do if you're Oklahoma State. And that is figure out a way to at least be some sort of roadblock to the monster that is Saiki Ika. Good luck with that guy. Yeah. I was impressed with the defense, or excuse me, with uh, Baylor last week at Iowa State. That was a game I, I missed, too. I thought Iowa State was going to shock him because of the what we thought was the ineptability for Baylor to move the football. Um, uh, that that was impressive, and um, that's how you um, defend the uh, Big Twelve title in the uh, you know going up to a team that's always one you know that's almost there. They've been playing in that Big Twelve title game in Iowa State. 
lot of people overlooking them when we thought maybe that was a mistake. Now Baylor still looks like a, a title contender in this conference, and now they have a really big chance to prove it against Oklahoma State. I I don't know if part of me wants to say this is going to be kind of a defensive thing. Is that fair to say, or do you think OSU's offense is that? You see what I'm saying? I think Baylor's defense is is good, good enough to slow down OSU. But on the other side, I think Baylor's offense is eh, I, you know. I can see this being a low-scoring 24-21 to 21 final either way. That's about what they were last year between these two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State both, won the both, first game yeah. 24-14, and then uh, Baylor won the Big 12 title game 21-16. to 16. I, I think it's an interesting chess match because with Ika in the middle, I don't know how much success Oklahoma State's going to have just pounding the ball up the middle uh, with, with the running back with Dom Richardson or whoever else it might be in between the tackles. But – the thing that Oklahoma State does have that a lot of people in this conference don't is Sanders and his ability to run. I mean, he, he is, he's got to be one of like the top five or six running backs in the, in, the, uh, in the conference. As far as just pure skill to run the football, Spencer Sanders has that. And mm-hmm. he also, uh, the beauty of having him is one, an extra blocker if you want to design a run, but two – he can also break, contain, and get away from Ika. He doesn't have to go right up the middle. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Oklahoma State, early on in possessions, <clears throat> if they can get first downs, go with that lightning pace, but also don't substitute. They've got they've got guys that can be multiple, right? That that was the beauty of back in the, in the 2008 year for OU's offense, how multiple they could be with the same personnel package, right? You could have you could have two tight ends with some guys in there. You could split five guys out. They they all had such good such different skill sets that you didn't have to. So then you could fly up and down the field. And oh by the way, keep the same defensive personnel on the field. And I think that's going to be huge for and Oklahoma State. And if they tried the sub, you, they, they would snap they, the football. That's right. That was before that rule went in that allow them. But they, but if they, you don't yeah. sub, yeah, yeah yeah. But if you don't sub, then you don't have to. You don't have to wait. And so is that the way that maybe you could tire out Ika in the middle by keeping him on the field play after play after play? But the whole thing is, and we saw that back then and we see it now with OSU, that first set of downs is so crucial because you want to go at at, at warp speed. You want to fly up and down the field. But you know what you got to do initially in every drive? You got to get a first down. That one first down matters so much for for the rest of the drive. And the problem with trying to go that fast is if you don't get it, yeah. then you're wearing down your defense because they're not spending a bunch of time on the sideline. So the, the the cat and mouse game, I think it's going to be so important in this one. I don't believe for a second that OSU isn't going to just put the pedal to the metal offensively and go as fast as they can. And I think that could be a huge advantage, especially if they can they can keep the same personnel grouping on the field for play after play after play and not allow Baylor to be able to substitute guys in and out. Because that's one thing I noticed, in the, especially in the Big 12 title game, when Ika was on the field, he was devastating. But he wasn't out there a whole bunch. He wasn't out there as much as a lot of other guys would be because of his size and, and, and you know the stamina. Maybe he's worked on that. Maybe he can be out there the whole time. But that's where I think OSU has a real chance to take advantage of that defense, especially if you're worried about tiring him out. I think they got a great chance to do that, but you got to get a first down to start every single drive. Right. Yep. Just move the football, and the obvious uh, saying here is you got to score. I mean, you can't have get first down to first down and then let a drive stall and walk away with no points. That's just I think mentally is devastating for like man, we're out here for a long time. We moved the sticks a couple times and we got close and we missed a field goal or something like that or we we fumbled. So you got to finish drive, score. And OSU hasn't had a problem with that the last couple of years. Once they get going, once you see a drive going, you think they're going to score here, and they usually do. The one other thing that's hanging out there is in those two games we mentioned, Spencer Sanders threw seven interceptions against Baylor a year ago. Yeah. Three in Stillwater, four in the Big 12 title game. In one-score games – uh, the Big 12 title game is a five-point game. Think about this. OSU won by 10 in Stillwater 
against Baylor with their quarterback throwing three picks. And then, of course, lost, couldn't overcome all five, uh, all four of them in the Big 12 title game. Is that something – is that an anomaly? Or does Baylor have Spencer Sanders' number in some it's way? It's kind of like a Kansas State OU thing. Maybe – or maybe – I know I I kind of think in the Big Twelve title game, Sanders was so amped up to one win a Big Twelve title and two get you know beat this Baylor team, and um, so kind of forced some things. And in big games, it's not just Sanders. You see this a lot with with quarterbacks. They force things. They they get amped up. They make some ill advised passes, trying to uh, thread the needle and 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 move the football and then that leads to mistakes so that's going to be a key is Sanders needs this it's kind of a kind of what we'll talk about later in the week just forget who he's playing and go out there and run the game plan quit forcing things take care of the football and he has this year so far for the most part he has um continue to do that and this OSU offense should be fine yeah 10 touchdowns one pick so far this season last year he only threw 12 he only threw 12 interceptions. So in the other 12 games, he had five. In those two games, he had seven. That will be something else to watch. Yeah. What's your top 10 this week in college football? I will go, well, Alabama, I'm putting them back up at one because, uh, you know, I'm a recency thing, so this thing's fluid. Uh, because how Georgia struggled a little bit with Kent State. But Kent State, I mean, we we failed to remember that they are the preseason favorite to win their conference. So it wasn't like they they were just slouches going up against OU, and in this case, Georgia. They came out with some fight. But Georgia, for once, it showed a little crack in their armor. And Alabama, they um, they look solid. So I'll, I'll put Alabama back at one, Georgia two. Ohio State three. Man, what? They started on fire against Wisconsin. That was Wisconsin. They were maybe a little overrated. Um, Michigan four, USC at five, Kentucky six, but Oklahoma State right there at seven, Clemson eight because it took them an overtime to they this it just we're just waiting for them to lose right. Um, Tennessee at nine and I put Penn State at ten. I debated Penn State and NC State, but I went with Penn State. We had the same teams but a way different order. Okay. Um, and I had I, I had uh, NC State at twelve and Ole Miss at eleven. The ones just out, and Ole Miss will jump right in if they can win this week. Um, yeah, who do they play? They Kentucky. Play Kentucky. That's right. That's exactly right. In the Grove. Uh, okay, I've got Georgia still one. I put I I did move Alabama. Oh, Same you way moved? you I, I moved Alabama also, but I moved them down because mm. of Ohio State. Man, Ohio State just put it to Wisconsin. And that was the offense we expected to see from the very beginning. I think Jim Knowles has made a difference on defense as well. Ohio State, watch out. Um, they look like they're rounding into form. So I got Ohio State two, Bama three, Michigan at four. I actually jumped Clemson to five. I think that's a heck of a win on the road against Sam Hartman and, and Wake Forest in a top 25 matchup. So I've got Clemson five, Kentucky six, Tennessee seven, Oklahoma State is eighth, Penn State number nine, and then I've got USC in, but at 10. Uh, after struggling at Oregon State, a game that they easily could have lost, and um, and then like I said, Ole Miss hate to do it, but credit their defense that that's why they 14, won. There, there are fourteen and to nothing turnover margin, fourteen created turnovers, zero given away. Uh, some teams to watch that could come flying up: Washington at Fordo, Minnesota. Did you see what they did? Did you see what they did to Michigan State? Yeah. Holy crap! And have you seen the rest of their schedule? It's not tough. No. Keep an eye on the Minnesota. Gophers Minnesota could the boat. come flying, and then none other than Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Yep, they've got to get a mention. Kansas football four and zero. Shame on you, pollsters. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame for not having Kansas State in the top twenty-five. That is shameful. Who's going to be brave enough to do it? Who's going to be brave enough to be that final vote that gets them? They get Iowa State this week. If they beat Iowa State. Where's that at? I believe it is at Kansas. Well, do I smell a second sellout? Let me check that. 
Do they have a name you know, for the stadium? It's hard to find Kansas in the Big 12 Conference standings because you're not used to looking at the very top. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, home Iowa State, home TCU, then at Norman after OU Texas. Then at Baylor the week, the next week they get a bye and then host to Oklahoma State. Man, OU is in trouble. That Jalen Daniels is a pretty good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. The booth is what they call the stadium. It's the, a memorial stadium, but it's named after David Booth. Oh, just the aerial shot, it looks like a very smaller version of the shoe. She called the little shoe, but they won't want anything little. No school wants to be a, said little. Anyways, kudos to Kansas, though. Selling out. Looks like they're going to do it again. What do you think that puppy holds? 45. What happened to it? 50 to 45,000. This is my uh, guess. I bet they're standing room only, but officially. 47 through uh, 233. There we go. David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. Is David Booth the guy? Did you watch one of the worst 30 for 30s? Was about the rules of basketball when he was bidding against Duke. Rich Kansas alum. Was that David Booth? Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't. Did you watch that one? No. I wouldn't. It's called. I think it was called No Place Like Home or something like that. David Booth. I'm going to look up who this is. David G. Booth and is an American businessman, investor, and philanthropist. He is the executive chairman of Dimensional Fund Advisors, which he co-founded with Rex. I can't say the last name. Uh, obviously, a, a Kansas alum. I so think a, you, I think this big, is the dude. This is a big donor. This is uh this is a T Boone type guy. How about this? Yeah. Uh, in, in 2017, he pledged $50 million to yeah. overhaul there it is. that stadium. And I think he was the one that paid like $3.5 million for, uh, for the rules of basketball to be housed at the Fog instead of at Cameron Indy. Uh, yeah, I see it on his – there's no place like home. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I thought that was him. Anyhow. All right. Good stuff. College football. If you were that rich, could you see yourself giving money to a favorite sports organization and just for the hope of getting your name on the side of a stadium? I would just could do, you it. do it. Yeah. But I wouldn't need the name on the side of the stadium. We'll be back. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Keep on telling you about what they got. Man, convenience packaging, this is such a cool thing. Everybody's seen the big plastic containers of pills that got, you know, there's a bunch of different compartments. There might be like four or five weeks straight that you can have. It almost looks like a tackle box, except it's for pills. Yeah. A lot of times. Throw that away. Throw it away. You don't have to put the pills in the right day, in the right dosage for the right week. No, 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 no. Convenience packaging from Paul Jones Drug. They individually package your meds daily. Your daily meds are already packaged. So all you got to do is go to the, uh, to the cabinet, rip it open, take the pills, and boom, you're done. You don't have to worry about being... Um, the person uh, that is responsible for, may, for for your dosages because you're putting the pills in there. And and sometimes you lose that giant thing. I don't know how you lose it, but some people do. Don't worry about that. Convenience packaging there at Paul Jones Drug helps out with that. They've got uh, DME, which is durable medical equipment. Talking walkers, canes, crutches, wraps, braces, all that stuff. Insurances, most insurances are accepted. And, oh, by the way, it's not just medical things. 
uh, all kinds of cool gifts and greeting cards down there at 809 North Main. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Thank you to Rodney Skinner and the gang at Paul Jones Drug for uh, for supporting us here on the Skinny on Sports. Speaking of Rodney Skinner, Jared, big game coming up right here in Elk City on Friday night that Rodney Skinner was a big part of helping the Clinton Red Tornadoes win a couple of times. Uh, as Clinton comes to Elk City in a, in a matchup of what has been to this point probably the two best teams in 4A1, uh, can we say that? Don't don't we agree that that's probably true at this point? Yeah, at this point, yeah, the, the two the two best teams lived up to that expectation. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. And so, perusing the top ten games of the week, courtesy of the Oklahoman, we find Elk City and Clinton. Class 4A's number five. This is all according to the Oklahoman, obviously, their rankings. But Class 4A's number five, Clinton at number eight, Elk City. Coming in at the number four game in the state of Oklahoma this week um, on their top ten. One other 4A game is down at number nine, Newcastle. Undefeated Newcastle at Blanchard. Uh, the Tri-Cities area rivalry now becomes a district game between the Racers and the Lions. But all eyes in western Oklahoma are going to be on Big Elk Stadium on Friday night uh, with Clinton Red Tornadoes coming to town. It, it, we've got plenty of time, as we talked about. Dennis is going to be on with us on Friday. Uh, Dennis Smith, the longtime voice of the Red Tornadoes, he always gives us such great information ahead of these games with these teams uh, from the Clinton perspective and what, what Big Elk fans need to be looking for, who they need to be looking for. Uh, so we'll do that on Friday. But just kind of your early week thoughts about this game and, and what it's going to take uh, for each team to win. Um, yeah, I mean, we've kind of touched on it yesterday, even even last week during our bye week about this game. Um, I mean, you just have to play solid defense against Clinton's run game. Force uh, Sully to throw it more, but after watching more film on him, he seems to be settling in more with the deep ball. So that's something that, that Elk City secondary is going to have to be ready for if it comes to that. And just contain Barker, too. I mean, it's not just. I mean, there's a lot of pieces on that team, but he's a guy that really makes that offense go. And you, if you can contain him and uh, get Clinton uncomfortable, uh, defensively you're going to have, I think, had success if you're Elk City. Offensively, uh, just, you know, Carl Albert, uh, that's very tough to move the football. You know you're going to get a, a tough out in Clinton, but I, I'm not trying to be mean here, but Carl Albert, they seem bigger and faster compared to Clinton, what I've seen early. They they are traditionally a bigger team. Carl Albert's a 5A squad. they got a lot to pick from. Um, so I think um, just have success early running the football. And it's kind of like a K-State OU thing. Start to believe, like, okay, we can move the football. We can hang with these guys. We can beat these guys. But just we don't have to do anything cute. You know, in fancy, just stick with the basics and, and move the football and and let the uh, you know let it let the cards lay where they may and, and see what happens. And I I think that it's going to be a very close, fun game. I think it, we could get a semifinal type game like we did last year. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> that regular season game wasn't even close uh, as Clinton just blew the Elks off the field that night, and, and we left. I left thinking, you know what? That's not what we've seen. Yeah, especially on the line of scrimmage for Elk City all year long. Then, of course, in the, in the semifinal game, stood up way better uh, offensively and defensively on the lines. That's going to have to happen. Uh, I, I tell you, a guy that's that is, is he ever going to graduate? Has to be the feeling for uh, for the Big Elks is fifteen Trey Bennett, defensive yeah. end, fullback. He runs extremely hard. He's a big dude. Feels like he has been there forever. Yeah, like man, we've been calling his name a bunch for years now. Uh, you know, he he's kind of a sneaky option. I think that doesn't get near enough love for the football player he is on both sides of the football. Uh, he he runs it hard. Uh, yeah, he may not break off the the eighty yard sweep for a touchdown because first off they're never going to do that. But those tough yards to keep drives going to, or, or even to get. Uh, the Red Tornadoes in uh, shorter yardage situations. And then on defense, he's a monster out there. He's hard to handle uh, coming uh, from his uh, defensive end spot. So he, he's a guy that has really always impressed me a bunch, uh, is Bennett, uh, with the way that he plays and kind of one of those unsung guys. But you're right, Barker is – he's a stud, man. He, he's hard. He's elusive. He's fast. He's hard to handle. 
And so there's there's going to be a lot of other guys, too, that we'll talk about throughout the week there. Uh, but, yeah, number four. I, I was wondering how, how the loss that Elk City uh, got hung on them by Carl Albert, where that would put this game. We knew it was going to be a top ten game, right, because of the district matchup, because of last year in playing that game in the semifinals. You knew it was going to be in the top ten. I'm actually a little bit surprised it's as high as it is. Uh, but it's it's going to be one of the better games, or it has the the, the potential to be one of the better games mm-hmm. in the state coming up on Friday night. Um, let's look at the – Did you see the AP poll? I have not seen it. Yeah, it's out. Um, I'll quickly – I know you want to touch on regional. I'll quickly mm-hmm. just give you 4A. Um, t- t- Clinton 3 unchanged from last week. Elk City, um, they actually moved up after a bye week. They're tied with Hildale at 9. Yeah, Tulsa World likes the Elks better than anybody else. They've got them at 6. I think Clinton was 3 and, and Elk City was 6 in the Tulsa World poll that I looked really? at over the weekend or yesterday maybe. I've seen Oklahoma have Clinton around 5. Yeah, 5 and 8 is the matchup for this one. Clinton 5, Elk City 8 in the Oklahoma yeah. poll. Oklahoma really likes the 2-2 two and two Wagner. They've really Number 1. St- they've stuck on them even through losses. They kept Wagner right there. I think they're more of a this is where we think they'll end Yeah, maybe kind so. of vote. Mm-hmm. And – Tulsa World's like, this is what they've done kind of vote, and AP obviously is a collective voting system, which I lean on a lot. So I've, I've told you how many times I like the AP better than anything else. So that's where we got Cushing 1, total 2. Uh, Bethany 7, anyone else? Newcastle 6, that's pretty good. Listen, Newcastle 4-0, and they've looked good doing it. Yep. Uh, that doesn't surprise me that they've started to move up the poll. And this poll has Wagner at 5. Yeah. <laughs> So what, it's your flavor, whatever flavor of ice cream you like. Well, I like it because there's a lot. Of, it's it's different uh, though. It's They're, all it's all a collective AP vote. It's not one person's opinion like you're getting from the Tulsa World and the Oklahoma. I, I, that's fine. That's what they want to do. That's fine. But this, I think, is more of a collective opinion. Yeah, you just wonder how many of those, how many of anybody could see all these games, <laughs> and you know, and, and yeah. actually see somebody with their own I, eyes. I think. But I, I think more or less they're looking at results. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, at least they're looking at results and not just records. Like, okay, what was the score? Score was this, you know. And then, obviously, there'll be, there's going to be writers go, well, I saw them play. and Yeah. that and, and honestly, I think that maybe they have seen Wagner and think, you know what, that's a that's a team is better than two and two, right? Sure. Does that make sense? I mean, their two losses are to Coweta and help me. It's another. It was Grove, wasn't it? Grove, yeah. Yeah. Grove came back and got him. Mm-hmm. So two 5A schools. And that name carries a lot of weight, just the same way Clinton does, sure. same way Carl Albert, Ada, and any of those uh, will. All right, Class A, fast pitch, regionals, sites, times, matchups were announced and released by the OSSA yesterday. Uh, now, in fast pitch softball, you got to win your regional to make it to the state tournament. There's eight around the state, so you got to win. In the fall baseball uh, you don't have to win to get in there because there's only four regionals. But uh, for the Western Oklahoma teams, uh, the first one I see is Hollis. Hollis will be headed to Surreal. That's Surreal and Van Oss. Hollis and Worcester is that four-team regional. Up at Shattuck, you got Shattuck and Garber. And then Wacomas will play Moreland in the first round. Uh, Hydro Weekly will go to Sterling. Hydro Weekly and Sterling play. Then Wilson and Bingeroni is the other game there. Uh, let's see, da, 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 da. and then the final Class A, the cu- final couple, Repo Butler is hosting Ninnekaw, also Hominy and Sealing are there, and then Canute is a host. They get Rush Springs first with Tushka and Navajo, the other teams in that regional. Class B, Sentinel's headed to Turner. It's Turner and Thackerville, then Sentinel will play Temple in round one. You have... Da, 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 da. Uh, Lakeba Sickles is the host. Lakeba Sickles will play Visai first. Then you got Leedy and Arnett also in that regional. Oh, there's one more I know for sure. Hammond, yeah, there they are. Going to Tupelo. You got Tupelo and Grandfield first. Mountain View, Godibo, and Hammond. Those games will be in Tupelo. On the fall baseball side of things, long trip for the Canute Trojans. Mm. Uh, they go to Worcester. Worcester and Red Oak is first. Wright City and Canute is the other matchup. <clears throat> Let's see, Sterling is at uh, Rattan with Ampo. And that's all for Class A. Class B, Granite goes to Roth. It's Roth and Asher first. Buffalo Valley and Granite is, are the other two teams there. Fort Cobb-Broxton will host the Kiba Sickles first. Leedy and Kiowa 
is the other game there at Fort Cobb. And uh, Calumet is a host against Big Pasture. you got Mohal, Orlando, and Moss. And that will wrap it up for the Western Oklahoma teams. Uh, we'll give you an idea. A lot of times these times will change. So I didn't want to necessarily give out the times yet until everybody's talked and they get, you know what I'm saying, they push them up and push them back depending on maybe weather. doesn't look like we're going to should have any of that trouble, though, uh, throughout the rest of the week. But uh, that's kind of an idea of what the regional tournaments look like. Should be fun. Should be fun. I hope to break away and catch at least some of the softball. Maybe run into our man, Coach Ellison. Where is Worcester? Uh, Poto, south of Poto. That is a long bus ride. Canute takes care of business. It's just a one-day trip. If they lose one, they gotta you gotta stay the night. Yep. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Thank you to Paul Jones Drug. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.